Welcome to the Friday Feeling. My name is Tylene Henry, and I'm wishing you peace, love, and happiness. The purpose of the Friday Feeling is to really explore and get to know the connectivity between business, lifestyle, and community. How do we build strong, sustainable communities and businesses through lifestyle and legacy sharing? I will bring to you business owners, entrepreneurs, and social change agents that are interested in seeing the growth and progress of the communities that we live and thrive in. Welcome to the Friday Feeling. Welcome. My name is Tylene Henry, and I am your host of the Friday Feeling. Uh, together, building sustainable businesses and communities through lifestyle and legacy. Um, today, I have a very special guest. Um, we are looking forward to continuing our conversation, um, celebrating entrepreneurship and forward progress, um, hopefully encouraging people throughout these times um, as we are experiencing a pandemic. Um, there are lots of emotions flowing. There are lots of concerns. Um, but we hope to encourage and inspire people by sharing um, my very, very special guest, Ms. Beverly Beard's story. Um, Beverly Beard is the president and CEO of Beard Associates, uh, which is a minority women-owned firm specializing in facilities maintenance, renovation, and environmental remediation. The company's operational focus is construction and property management. Beverly attended the University of Michigan with a BS degree in psychology. She is a graduate of the SBA Emerging Leaders Program, Turner Construction Management, as well as the Building Block Real Estate Development Program sponsored by the University of Michigan. In addition, Beverly has also participated in the United States Army Corps of Engineer Construction Quality Management Program. Beverly has over 15 years of experience in project development and project management in the construction environment. Her major projects include Bishop International Airport in Flint, Michigan, Harry Brown Airport in Saginaw, Michigan, Hamilton Health Network in Flint, Michigan, Selfridge Air National Guard Base Department of Homeland Security, Indiana Veterans Healthcare Center, Department of Veteran Affairs. In addition, she also has completed over 50 residential redevelopment, pro redevelopment projects in the city of Detroit. Um, and so I am just so pleased uh, to have you, uh, Beverly. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Tyleen, for having me on. This is uh, an awesome opportunity to uh, just do a little bit of branding and marketing in this difficult times when it's you know, kind of hard to get out there and do that in person. So thank you. Well, thank you. You know, I understand that for many business owners right now, there's a lot of uncertainty. So, you know, what type of uh, changes or pivoting have you had to make within um, your business uh, in order to, you know, kind of maintain during, during the stay-at-home order? So performing um, our construction work, there are um, a number of ancillary services 
um, that we don't typically highlight. Um, saw cutting, um, such as post-construction cleanup, um, janitorial or sanitation. Those are just a few of the um, services that we provide that are not necessarily detailed out in the scope of work. Um, you know, as we're, we're looking at all of the um, work components of a job, but some of those um, same um, services, uh, we've been able to, you know, just repurpose the company and turn those into uh, full-time operations. So um, that's what we're attempting to do right now. Awesome. So those, those are areas that are considered um, essential services by the governor, I'm assuming. Oh, absolutely. Um, such as, for example, there are, you know, several contracts out there because, you know, with the spread of COVID-19, um, office spaces, uh, commercial buildings, as well as um, residential uh, homes are feeling more comfortable if they, you know, have had their home cleaned or, or sanitized and disinfected by um, the experts. Um, quote unquote. And so since, you know, some of our other services that we provide, uh, we provide those services as well, janitorial uh, cleaning, um, disinfecting services through the environmental remediation that we do. Um, we were just poised to just jump into, um, you know, full steam ahead, uh, providing those services for, you know, some other customers that we had not previously considered. Okay, and I believe you mentioned, I think, the, the process for the asbestos or lead abatement and the, is it PPE equipment, is, is very similar. You can, you can apply that in trying to disinfect, uh, you know, and make sure that environments and buildings are free of COVID-19. Uh, is that correct, sir? Yeah, so as a, as a, um, a lead abatement contractor, the um, requirements for PPE, um, including goggles, gloves, uh, respirators, um, Tyvek suits, you know, just covering up to make sure that you are protected and that you are not uh, contaminating areas in a home that um, have, were not previously contaminated or recontaminating areas that um, you have cleaned. So there's a very strict protocol for ensuring that um, buildings and sites um, are cleaned and maintained and can get a certificate of reoccupancy such that, you know, the children and, and um, homeowners and families can return to their properties um, and be certain that um, it's free from uh, lead contaminants. Okay. And it's amazing how, you know, we never know what the future is going to hold. I'm sure when you got those certifications, you never would have imagined that um, you may have to use them, you know, to help support people um, in having healthier environments in a situation such as this. Um, and with that being said, when we take a step back and we think about the legacy component, um, can you tell me how you got exposed to building and construction trades? Yeah, so we are, um, well, I have companies, and one is a family-owned company that my dad started, so we were 
kind of raised in the um, construction environment. And, um, you know, there are eight siblings and none of us were quite interested in construction as a hobby. And, you know, we all chose different walks of life, but, you know, pivot, you know, 30 years later. And um, after my dad passed, uh, we wanted to keep his legacy going. So um, we were able to, you know, maintain his business and to even further um, expand and grow the business that he started. That's amazing. Um, one of the things that I know in my, you know, background and experience is that, you know, so many businesses don't make it through the first or second generation. So it's amazing that you guys have been able to uh, grow the business and, you know, maintain um, the legacy that your your father established. What would you say some of the advantages are for you um, as a general contractor as a result of your exposure um, to building and construction as you were growing up? So, uh, well, we used to work off and on with our dad, you know, different ones of us at different points in life, you know, through the summer or, you know, helping him to um, categorize his receipts or, uh, you know, just playing on the equipment that he had, although we never ran any of it. I did not. Um, but just that exposure to even know what the different pieces of equipment are was very helpful. And then um, my father had a very strong legacy, uh, strong presence in the community. And so although we did not work directly with him, um, you know, when he was full force in the business, we were able to take advantage of those many relationships um, that he had uh, established over the years. And so there was a lot of people that just, you know, came in and gave us assistance and support just on uh, name recognition alone, because our company is, you know, currently named after him. So just on name recognition alone, we got a lot of assistance and a lot of support from um, companies and people that we had established relationships with. So, you know, that, you know, was just very rewarding to hear um, other people, other businesses speak so highly of him and, you know, his quality of work and uh, you know, just to be able to continue that and to um, fulfill some of the the goals and the ideas that he had established for us because you know of course it's every parent's dream that you know especially as an entrepreneur that you know his children might take over the business or work in the business in in some capacity and it you know seemed like none of us wanted to do that but I guess that that feeling of um, uh, how could I say it that I I don't know that that feeling of just you know wanting to to feel close to him and you know continuous continuing his legacy was a way to do that for me. Yes, and I'm sure that he is so proud of how you all have worked together to continue to not only grow the business, but also be a resource resource and support to the Flint community. Um, you know, when you are, when you talk about the good name that your father established in the community, 
you know, what are your thoughts? Because a lot of people are getting licenses and they may or may not have experience, you know. Can you speak to the importance of craftsmanship in the skill behind the trades? I know that you're not necessarily performing all the trades, but I know that you've mentioned before how important craftsmanship was to your father. Yes, absolutely, because, you know, reputation is everything, and once you lose it, it's very hard to get it back. And so because my father has such a great reputation in the business, um, you know, we would not want to do anything to damage that. So um, there were some things we, you know, knew how to do, you know, especially uh, my brothers, because they were the ones that had to spend their summers um, working with him. But um, some things that we did not know how to do, we uh, made sure that we got our employees and ourselves adequate training um, and on-the-job training um, to make sure that we could give the customer um, a quality service, a quality job, one where they would be able to feel comfortable making a recommendation or referral for us to, you know, other businesses or other people. So, um, you know, our reputation and quality of our work is, you know, one of the most important aspects of being able to expand and grow your business. Absolutely. I think that, you know, you hit the nail on the head there with um, the reputation and being able to make sure that you uphold um, you know, the good name and, you know, getting whatever training is necessary. And, you know, that kind of leads me to this concept that many people have this misconception that, you know, skilled trades is something you do if you can't go to college or if you can't do this or that, you know, but from the experience that I've seen, you know, everyone is not able to, you know, be a carpenter or be an electrician or, um, you know, do a lot of the things that go along with many of the trades. It really does require a specialized skill and really a talent. Um, you know, as you think about those skills and those talents and providing, you know, folks in the community opportunity to get exposure to and train and become skilled in those areas, you know, what, you know, what do you, how do you feel that that contributes to your legacy? providing that opportunity for people. Oh, absolutely. I think that, uh, you know, having these skills, you know, um, I'll call them hand skills, things that you, you know, do with your hands. And there's a certain level of knowledge of, you know, minimum knowledge that you need um, in order to perform some of these skills because, you know, you need to measure things. You need to, um, you know, make cuts. You need to be able to make calculations. Um, in order to do some of the, the hands-on work that you do so that there is a certain level of, of um, education, uh, you know, reading skills and math skills that you need to have in order to do uh, work in some of the skilled trades areas. But a lot of the, the trades are, you know, things that you can learn to do at a very early age, you know, even, you know, um, as early as eighth grade or, you know, in high school, you can begin to learn, uh, you know, how to nail with a hammer and a nail, how to, you know, uh, screw a screw in, um, how to use a, 
a screwdriver or, you know, what's the difference between a Phillips screwdriver and a flathead screwdriver. Some of these things you can learn um, uh, versus, you know, what you need. You can't practice being a doctor without going to school first, but you can get some firsthand experience in some of the skilled trades before you do get some uh, formal training. So a lot of people that go into the skilled trades have had some hands-on experience uh, some on-the-job training in an you know, informal setting, which is very helpful in um, you know, becoming you know, a journeyman or getting you know, some level of certification for that skill. It's one thing to have a skill. It's another thing to uh, have you know, an agency say that you know, they have you know, audited you and reviewed you and your skill set, and you have the capacity and the know-how to perform this, this trade that um, certification means all the difference in the world. Excellent. And this is great to know that you guys continue to create that environment and platform um, for young people and returning citizens, um, you know, for anyone who may have an interest to be able to have the opportunity to learn a trade and you know, the compensation that comes along with being being a skilled tradesman um, is definitely, um, you know, one that can support and sustain a family. Because um, we think about a lot of the, the career opportunities that are available to young people and folks that maybe um, haven't pursued formal education. Um, they typically aren't wages that are enough to support a family and to live off of what we call livable wages, but we find that in the skilled trades area, you know, that folks are able to live very, very wonderful lives and continue to grow in abundance because even if even though the wages are are are, are great, there's also opportunity to become business owners. And so I know that you are an executive on the executive leadership team. Um, management and oversight there, but you also own your own company, uh, Beard and Associates. So could you tell us a little bit uh, about uh, Beard and Associates and how, you know, you were able to build that business, um, be a mom, and, you know, still, uh, you know, keep it all together at the same time? It's very challenging indeed, but we know that you know, we as women and as mother are required to be um, multitasked, multifaceted, you know, at all given points in time. So I, I guess, you know, being a mom and being able to juggle schedules and such was, um, you know, some good experience, a good learning opportunity for me to be able to um, transition those skills over into business as well. And I, I do fully understand the, the difference in, you know, what you can make in, you know, certain careers versus, um, you know, the money that you can make in skilled trades. Because I, I do come from a social work background where, you know, I held a job and worked for someone else for agencies for any number of years. And I have definitely uh, made more money and been able to save more money and and being able to uh, do some, a bit more retirement planning um, since I have been an entrepreneur, a business owner, than uh, when I was 
interested in employee. But um, as I transitioned um, out of the corporate world, um, uh, my husband was also transitioning too. He had been a uh, business owner for quite a number of years, but he was a, an IT profession, professional and I was a social worker. And so we just happened to, um, uh, I happened to get laid off from my job at the same time that he was in a very um, large IT contract. And so we were trying to just figure out what we were gonna do. And so he already had his company. So he pivoted his company from an IT company to a construction company. And um, I began working in the company with him. And, you know, he was a sole owner at that time. And um, so he passed away in 2015. And I took business as sole owner at that time. And it had been a very difficult transition um, because even though we had I, you know, during his, you know, the final phases of his life, I would, you know, work from home because uh, it was just more convenient, you know, to do that and, you know, be in one place to do um, both things that were, were very uh, important and uh, that required, you know, much more attention than if I had to go to the office every day. But uh, so it, it's just, it's one thing to work with somebody or even for somebody, but it's a, a just a whole other thing when the buck stops with you and you've got to make sure that, you know, the people are paid, the, the um, projects are finished on time, the invoices are in, the taxes are done, the, uh, you know, whatever ever aspect of a business uh, that it takes to make it grow and expand. And, you know, you have to be, um, all of that, uh, you know, rolled up into one. Mom and pop operation to expanding to the point where, you know, you need to hire employees or, you know, uh, work with multiple subcontractors at one time. So there is uh, uh, a method to it all. And you know, I, I was just very fortunate that we were able to receive a lot of help from, you know, different agencies that provide business support services um, that were, you know, very in instrumental in, you know, helping me to keep the business going and to expand as well. I can't imagine, you know, how difficult um, it must have been to, you know, to, to the you know, responsible to manage a business and, um, you know, be experiencing, you know, that transitional period that your husband experienced. So, um, you know, when you, when you think about that challenge, um, you know, if you, if you think back at, you know, if you were to give someone advice or if you were to talk to yourself, um, you know, at that time or prior to that occurring, you know, are there any things that you feel that you could have structured or done differently that may have 
made that transition. I mean, there's no easy way to lose a loved one, especially not a husband. Um, but do you feel that there's anything that may uh, have, you know, aided and maybe giving you more time, um, you know, or focus or attention to, you know, your husband at that time as opposed to having to, like, just get back up, you know, after you're gone, you still got to keep going and keep the business going because you've got people that are relying on you. Do you feel there's any things that you wish you knew then that you know now? Um, I think that um, succession planning is everything. And, you know, I know that on the surface, succession planning, it you know, it's almost feels from an emotional perspective like you are planning, you know, for the death of a loved one or planning what's going to happen when somebody else is gone. And that's, you know, that's a, a um, painful uh, want to think about it. We, we uh, you know, we don't want to do estate planning. We don't want to look at wills. We don't want to look at living trust. We don't want to do a lot of those things that um, will make it simpler, more simple, um, you know, when loved ones do pass on or when we have to, you know, transition um, out of working in the business full time or making all of the decisions. Um, you know, there are a number of things that, that you know, would need to take place. Um, I'll just give you a couple of four examples. It's like um, all the, the um, credit cards, the business cards that were, uh, you know, they were company credit cards, but they were based on his personal credit record. And so um, when he transitioned, you know, all of those accounts just, you know, begin to shut down. They shut down. And so um, I had to start over from scratch, you know, building business credit, building, um, you know, um, relationships with, you know, uh, suppliers, uh, you know, because I, you know, of course I could go into, you know, any supplier and say, you know, um, you know, I need, you know, X number of these doors and put them on the account. And when those accounts begin to you know, closed down and, and you have not really planned for that. Um, it it kind of puts a, you know, bring it can bring your business very difficult for me to uh, re-engage all of our suppliers and, and you know, re-establish banking relationships and lines of credit that you know were based solely on you know my name and and my credit history as opposed to his and so if i could offer any level of advice is if you can see you know any way that you as an individual will have to come up and play a a substantial role in a business such that the you know the business is in your name and relying on your your credit history and your relationships that you begin to um, establish those relationships together you know while that opportunity is there such that 
um, you know, things can transition smoothly and continue in an uninterrupted place. Yes, I, you, you definitely said it there is just that concept of having that foresight. And, you know, what you said is the common sentiment. You know, we don't want to think about the unthinkable. We don't want to imagine, you know, some, you know, someone leaving here before we're ready. Um, but ultimately, as business owners, especially because it's a part of our legacy and, and typically something that we're building, you know, not only are we uh, building the business for ourselves, but we also have our clients and employees and contractors that are relying upon us. And so, you know, the concept of doing some thinking ahead and having contingency plans, because no matter what, we're all going to leave our business, whether it's death, you know, disability, or we retire, we're going to leave our business one day. And whether or not we leave our business on our own terms or not is, is within our our choosing and our, our ability, but it's just whether or not, you know, we choose to do so. Um, so I'm inspired to hear how you've been able to, you know, really build a new company. I mean, granted, you know, you still have your name and, and whatnot, but having to reestablish those relationships with, um, with your suppliers and with the banking and, you know, I'm sure there's certain certifications and things like that for your business that, you had to, you know, rebuild to keep it going and, you know, continue to, um, you know, prosper and have, you know, goodwill uh, with the Beard name. Um, so definitely have talked to you for that. Um, you know, as it comes to lifestyle, um, being a business owner, you know, even now, you know, that your children you know, aren't necessarily relying upon you, you know, to take care of them. They're adults now. How do you manage, you know, self-care and running, you know, two businesses, um, you know, in family? You know, how do you, how, how does your lifestyle accommodate uh, such a busy and successful woman? Well, it, it is definitely good at times, um, you know, in the marriage. I end up doing uh, quite a bit of traveling, I would say, uh, you know, through my associations, through seeking out-of-state work and such. And so I always try to plan um, an extra day or a couple of extra days here and there as I'm traveling so that I can you know, take that time to sit back and relax and enjoy just me. And, uh, you know, prior to, you know, COVID-19, um, massages and, you know, girls' night out were, um, you know, high on my priority list. And um, just adjusting to, um, you know, not, it's, it's, of course, we all know it's not the same. You know, we can do a Zoom call. We can do a a, uh, a girls get together over Zoom or, you know, a family get together, family game night over Zoom, but it's still, you know, not just the same as, you know, being able to, you know, touch a person and give a, a person a hug. Um, I have a new uh, grandbaby that's 
you know, four months old. And so I've been visiting with her through the glass pane. I might drive over to their house and, you know, wave through her, wave to her through the glass, you know, for a few minutes and, you know, then back home um, to the inside. But, um, you know, FaceTime is great for keeping in touch and, you know, as I said, family game nights and, and you know, girls night in over Zoom. Those are some of the things that um, I do to, you know, try to stay connected because that, that sense of connectedness is, is very important. Absolutely. You know, if you had some words of wisdom in a couple of different areas, so one area as a woman, you know, in business, um, and then maybe another area, uh, words of wisdom as a mom in business. Is there anything that you can, you know, share with our listeners that they're not even just a mom, but a parent in business? That way, you know, our, the gentlemen that are listening out there get something too. You know, what are some words of wisdom or things that you, something you might be able to share with other um, business owners and community change agents that might uh, they might be able to use as nuggets along the way. Well, I did, um, you know, sometimes as, as kids are growing up, they'll get the, the uh, you know, the McDonald's job, which is not just for kids anymore during, you know, this, these, this uh, day and age. But, you know, the McDonald's job, the newspaper route, you know, any little job that children generally do to um, earn their pocket change. Um, and I always um, took my kids on my job sites with me and they did my, you know, cleaning and they did, you know, some, you know, low level painting, whatever I had on a job that they could do. I allowed them to do that so that they could, you know, earn their own money, number one, to understand, you know, why mom was tired or, you know, what exactly went on during, you know, the, the um, course of, the, of a business day because a lot of times people think that uh, when you work for yourself, you make your own hours, you're not accountable to anyone and you come and go as you please. But we all know that we, we are accountable to our customers. Our schedule is um, so dependent on their schedule and what their needs are. And so I wanted them to get a chance to experience that firsthand. Um, uh, all of my children work in the business with me um, in some capacity, uh, some as project managers, um, some as, uh, you know, hands-on machine operators. Um, they all, you know, have their different interests. And so I try to um, allow them to work in the capacity where their interest is and where their skill set is. And, you know, I'm not forcing them to work in the business with me, but they need to know um, what to do in the event uh, that I'm not here to do it so that they can have a little bit more of a smooth transition than I had uh, as I was you know, first coming into entrepreneurship. But, so I think that they have that, um, that head start, that, that um, knowledge to you know, not have to start at the bottom floor, you know, somewhere, somewhere in the middle, um, on their way up to the top as they 
you know, learn the, the um, dedication and the sacrifice that it, it takes to uh, grow your own business? That was very powerful, and I can definitely relate to that. My father, um, you know, being a plumber for 40 years, he used to take us to work with him, too. And um, I just recall, you know, learning different things like changing washers and, you know, kits on toilets and, you know, just different things that, you know, helped me to have a better understanding of, you know, how to maintain a property. You know, even just as a homeowner, there's a lot of things that you would want to know that are in the space. But then even from being able to run a business, you know, knowing what the assets are within the business. And, you know, even if maybe they didn't want to run the business, they might be in a position to manage someone else running the business because they've had exposure. So, you know, hands off to you for providing that opportunity and you know, being able to have something for everybody because, you know, entrepreneurship, we know is not for everyone. You know, being in skilled trades isn't for everyone. Corporate America isn't for everyone. But I find that as business owners, we typically have um, a lot of opportunities that we can provide to people um, that, you know, we can make unique um, in some ways. And just the concept of having the freedom of choice as a business owner you know, to do business in, you know, the light and legacy that you choose as opposed to, you know, being in corporate America when you're kind of living and, you know, and behaving and conducting business, you know, based upon someone else's rules. And so I love the concept that you guys have family affair going on that, you know, you're able to rely upon, trust one another, um, encourage one another, uplift one another, and continue to, you know, you know that iron sharpens iron, so continuing to build and grow one another and, and including future um, generations into that is just, you know, that's the whole idea around this uh, podcast is really to talk about how do we bring change in the community, how do we support one another as business owners, um, how can we, as especially small business owners, be able to position ourselves to compete? Because, you know, we're a large company, marketing department, a recruiting department, a compliance department. With a lot of our small uh, family-owned businesses, you know, the the CEO is your sister or your brother. And, you know, the, the accountant, you know, is like if you, you've got a team of three people if if you're if you're lucky, you know, um, whereas you're competing with spaces that have teams of people. Um, and I think there's a certain power to the legacy that comes from, you know, being able to build something that came that was established before you got here. And so I think it's just a matter of us continuing to share these stories and uplift one another um, so that we can continue to, you know, have our businesses to, to go on to future generations. Yeah. Um, are there any you want to share? Yeah, I, I was just going to say that I think it's just so important that, you know, we as, uh, you know, individuals, as citizens, as business owners, that we are um, able to give back and to nurture and revitalize the community um, where we grew up communities that you know gave for us that nurtured us 
Um, and I, so I feel like it's important for us to, to give back and to do that same thing for, um, you know, the, the generations that, you know, come behind us. And, you know, today it's not as open and friendly, I would say, as it was when, you know, when I was growing up, you know, you did not, don't, you did not, don't feel compelled today to be mindful of what the neighbor uh, mom down the street might say to you, uh, you know, but, you know, as I was growing up, uh, you know, a phone call could be made, whatever I was doing, my mom would know it by the time I made it down the street, because we had a, just a very close-knit neighborhood, and, uh, you know, I know that it's not the same today, but there's a manner in which, uh, you know, we can give back, we can keep our neighborhoods looking good, we can keep our community thriving, and we try to do that by hiring um, workers and working in the areas where we, you know, live and grow and grew up and to, you know, give back to the residents, to the young people that might not, you know, have the um, opportunities or wherewithal to get you know, formal skilled trades training or, you know, a college education, but there are still a lot of jobs that um, you can do, you know, on a job site, on a project without, you know, having, you know, formal um, education. If you have a really good work ethic and, you know, are, are mindful and respectful of, you know, safety on a job, there's still some work out there for um, community residents. And we try to make sure that we give back to our community by, you know, hiring and training workers that live in that community. That's awesome. And I know you also, you know, had an opportunity to spend some time with the middle schoolers over at Chandler Park middle school in Harper Woods, um, you know, what was your, what did you think about that? How was that experience for you? Uh, that was just so amazing to me because um, the attentiveness of the students and the questions that they asked were so um, insightful, like they were really paying attention, they were really thinking about, you know, their careers at that young age and what they might want to do and you know, you know, is this a job that a girl can really do, or you know, what would you do if you know somebody was, uh, you know, not doing the right thing on the job? Would you tell on them? Would you try to encourage them to do the right thing? How would you handle that? And I feel like those are some very um, insightful questions, and I think that those are some things that you know, older adults as workers, you know go through some of those same situations and have to think about, you know, some of those same responses. And so I was just amazed at the, the level of inquisitiveness and the attentiveness and, you know, the, the forward thinking that they were doing at, at that young age. So I was amazed and I would, you know, love to continue um, to provide those um, industry days and and um, construction insights to students who, you know, might not otherwise get the opportunity. That oh. was a great, that was a great experience. Um, I'm so excited 
um, that you're looking forward to spending some time with the students at Chandler Park Elementary again. It was so exciting to see the looks on their faces, like to see this black woman that owns a construction company, you actually run the company, um, you're in charge, um, the amazement and the engagement it was just awesome. And so um, I'm very uh, pleased and just blessed to have the opportunity to um, to work with you. And I am looking forward to, you know, continuing to be a witness to the success that uh, you all continue to experience and as well, all the positives that you all are doing to support workforce development and to provide people with opportunities to uh, learn the trade, to get exposure, and to earn a livable wage, to start a business if they choose. So it's, it's such an inspiration to me, and uh, my hat just continues to go off to you. Um, is there anything that you want to share or leave our listeners with or information about your business that you would like them to have? I just hope that, you know, through my experience that, you know, someone has been inspired to um, own their own company, to um, not be intimidated because you're a woman, um, because we can do it. There is, you know, power out there. There is assistance out there. There is um, like-minded um, people out there, women out there. So you do have a support system and you are not in this alone. And if I can help anybody with a word of encouragement or direct them to some resources that might be available or you know even share any more of my experiences i would be you know more than happy to and i thank you so much for having me and i hope that you know my conversation and uh my words of encouragement have reached someone who needed to hear this today so thank you thank you so much and i look forward to having you back in the future um this is the friday feeling celebrating business and community and legacy building. Uh, we look forward to uh, the next opportunity for us to spend together again. Thank you.